Hi, hello, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Five Star Movie Podcast, a podcast from two guys who just love hearing Liam Neeson say the word chickabay. And, uh, you know, we sometimes watch movies, too. I'm Ryan Hurley, and I'm here with my esteemed co-host. Some would say you're Guy Angel. Samuel <laughs> here. You are my Guy Angel. <laughs> my, guy, my, guy, my Guy Angel. We got, we'll, we'll get to the inconsistencies of her speech, but uh, that's a good one there. This is, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a big overarching question once we, once we get to it, get to this movie. But uh, yeah, them them trying to analyze her speech, and then I'm just sitting there looking at the subtitles with like my mouth hanging yeah. wide open because yeah. I'm like, how in the hell are they understanding any of this? <laughs> I, I I had to turn them off. I was like, I'm really tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> it like hurt my brain. <laughs> little little reckon. <laughs> oh, reckon reckon for sure. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about. Uh, Jodie Foster in the Oscar nominated in her Oscar nominated turn in the 1994 movie Nell, and then we will also be talking about Faye Dunaway uh, in her Oscar nominated turn in the 1974 film Chinatown. But first, Wolf, what have you been watching lately? Uh, I went action movie crazy over the course of like 12 hours, where I went to bed after watching Commando which is like a great Arnold Schwarzenegger movie because all he does is say witty one-liners and kill people. And then I woke up and I watched John Wick Chapter 2, which I found to be a lot more fun than the first John Wick. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to watching the third one. Maybe this week I watched Babel or Babel, so I'm kind of ahead on Oscars <laughs> right now. I don't have to trudge through two and a half hours any morning this week. You're clearing, uh, you're clearing up your slate in order to continue on this this action movie binge. Or maybe I'm just clearing up two full days to watch Letters to Iwo Jima. Yeah, you know what? That might need two full days too. <laughs> really trying to just make you cry there. I found it on DVD at a Goodwill, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save a couple dollars and have this movie forever. That's a deal right there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm glad that you enjoy. The second John Wick better than the first John Wick because it just seems like they're having so much more fun in the second John Wick. They clearly got like a couple more dollars to do a little more with, I feel like. And I love Common. Common was sick. Yeah. Too. I like when Common and John Wick are like running through the like, it's like an airport or a mall and they're just like shooting at each other. And it's like, they're not even really aiming. They're just like kind of firing back and forth. <laughs> It's like so crowded. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, how are you not hitting anybody? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like stabs him. He's like, don't take the knife out or else you'll die. And then he's just like sitting there in the train. <laughs> I much prefer, I liked, uh, well, I, I liked Ruby Rose where she was just like the worst. She was terrible. John Wick just kept ruining her and then he just kills her. And she was just like signs, I'll be seeing you. And he's just like, sure. Yeah. Yes. Like she definitely every time too is like trying to flirt with him and things like that. And John Wick is just like, no, no. I'm in love with Bridget Moynihan. Yeah. And she's gone. I'll never get another yep. Bridget Moynihan. Unlike, yep. unlike Tom Brady, uh, John Wick was completely committed to Bridget Moynihan. 
<laughs> what have you been watching lately? Uh, so I watched a couple 2020 movies. I watched Project Power, um, and then I watched An American Pickle. An American Pickle, it was fun. It was okay. Um, I liked Seth Rogen in it, so it didn't feel like a complete waste of time. Uh, and then I also watched uh, the Clint Eastwood movie from 1971, Dirty Harry, which is on mm. HBO Max, and which is an awesome movie. It's um, probably not the movie we need right now uh, in the middle of like a police reform in the United States. Uh, as a friend put it, this movie is, is fascist with a capital F. But it's an exciting action movie for sure. Good. I uh, I need to explore my like younger Clint Eastwood movies because I've only I think I've ever seen him when he's like an old crotchety man. Yeah, this is like this is like Clint Eastwood when he's just like trying to be a stone cold badass. It's uh it's great. His his one liners in this movie are awesome, <laughs> and they're kind of like chasing this guy that I'm pretty sure is like inspired by the Zodiac Killer. It's pretty thinly veiled. Like, uh, you'll you'll get it if you if you see it. <laughs> we're uh, we're still at my point where like I struggle to watch any new streaming movie because like I'm always like locked into what's streaming starting in like October because mm-hmm. I know those are probably like the Oscar movies and then I'm like into it until like March and then I'm like, oh man, there's another new movie on streaming. Yeah, it it's gonna be interesting to see like how everything is this year. Too, with with uh, uh with, with like Oscar movies and things like that because that whole like schedule might just get bumped back a couple months too, which is sad. Are you uh are you gonna be buying Mulan for thirty dollars? I don't know if we've talked about this. Oh man, I you know I I don't think I was gonna see Mulan before uh, unless I was using my AMC A list, and now that I'd have to pay thirty dollars, I don't think so. What about you? <laughs> no. Not, like there's there's a zero I would need to be in like a group of like seven people because I just don't think it's worth more than like three dollars to be able to four dollars we'll, we'll go with the standard price more worth than more than four dollars to watch Mulan at home like I'd rather just watch the animated version on on Disney plus anyway you know I just I mean this is the first time I'm aware of besides like amazon prime in a way where like there's already a paywall just to have the service and then there's another paywall to see the movie yeah like if you're just getting disney plus just just for move on what you're you're actually paying 40 dollars because you're paying the 10 bucks for disney plus and then you're paying 30 dollars. it's ridiculous right right it's like a i just don't think it's going to be a very good movie and we're starting to get to the point of the year where like normally i'm like really like, okay, what's actually going to get nominated for an Oscar here that I mm-hmm. should see? Yeah. We're not there yet. We're probably like, uh, we're probably like a full month away from that when my mindset kind of becomes that. But uh, I don't want to see Mulan. I don't want to see Mulan no. when I first saw the trailers. Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's my issue with Mulan. Where's Mushu? Mushu is my favorite part of Mulan. He probably I'm... got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> he's Dolomite now. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, I, you're telling me I have to pay an extra thirty dollars now, though, to to watch a Mushu-less, um, uh, a Mushu-less Mulan? No, thank you. I'm I'm gonna pass on yeah. that. Yeah, and they like they canceled 
like the guy in Mulan, which I don't really understand how you cancel an animated character, but yeah, that's tough. I, I like, I kind of miss, I kind of like, I missed the day on Twitter when they were canceling him. And like, all I know that he's canceled and I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, I, I think I totally missed this too. Like <laughs> if it aged poorly, that's okay. We, we can, we don't we can live with that. You don't need to watch Mulan. There's plenty of other movies out there. No, and it's like, I don't know. Either way, I, I never wanted, to, I didn't want to see Mulan anyway. And then I don't want to see Mulan now. And then when you put $30 in front of Mulan, like, <laughs> I'm good. But thank you. Yeah, I think it's a unanimous, like, skip button from the two of us. <laughs> do you want me to get to my quick question? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, which action movie star would you want protecting you if everyone in the world was trying to kill you? So, you know, I think, honestly, I think your two movies that you watched here are, are two good choices. Like, John Wick, uh, you want Keanu as John Wick. He seems like he could take on everybody. And, and uh, for just, like, probably the, the slightest, uh, like, like, John Wick's like, you killed my dog. I'm going to kill all of you now. This is like the slightest, most petty thing. John Wick is there to defend you. Mm-hmm. Arnold is never a bad choice too, just because he's so like physically imposing. I would maybe go like Arnold in in Terminator in the Terminator series, though. Uh, That's a good choice. And then I wish I could go with Clint, but uh, if you watch if if you watch Dirty Harry, not all the people he's protecting get by. So I'm gonna stick with those mm. two. <laughs> I really wanted to go John Wick 2, like as well, not not the second one, but uh, I think I'm gonna go with my original answer answer of Rambo. That's a good one. I feel like he's just like he has so like he has survival skills that like no one else has. I've only seen the first First Blood TBH, but even in that one, like you could just like the man like survived a click. He had like a cliff fall. Everyone's trying to kill him, and he was able to do it. And he has a little remorse, which I think is good in some way. That's true. Rambo has a little bit more of, like, a conscious than the rest of these guys. He seems like he's uh, out doing it for the right reasons. I think that's a good pick. First Blood's a good movie. Like, it's a lot more than just, like, him killing a bunch of people. Like, there's, like, some real, like, subtext. Yeah, the, the the later Rambo movie, sort of like the Rocky series, like, the the later movies become just more of, like, a parody of the first one. But, like, the first movie is, mm-hmm. it just does a good job of just trying to be a good movie first, you know? Yeah, like, he has the whole monologue at the end about, like, what the Vietnam War, like, does to people. And I was like, yeah. this is really good. <laughs> like, this is really I think that movie. people generally forget that part, too. Like, most people just remember all the killing in, like, the later movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to watch, like, I've learned my girlfriend likes 80s action movies, so I need to find more of them and I need to just keep putting them on the television because I love a movie like I love a movie like that where maybe it doesn't like test my intelligence very much, but it also means I don't want to touch my phone very much because I don't want to. Yeah, like sometimes that's all you want is just like a movie where you're sitting there and you're like, oh, damn, that's awesome. (laughs) So we uh, should we dive into let's do it. Um, so our two choices here are Nell and Chinatown. 
we're going to be getting into the performances of Jodie Foster and Faye Dunaway because they're both Oscar nominated in the years that they came out. Um, and we're going to kind of compare and contrast the two. Uh, but first, let's stick with the movies here real quick. Um, so Nell, Nell is about two doctors trying to help um, this, I guess you would call it feral woman in the, in the wilderness, uh, help her acclimate to society. Uh, and then Chinatown is the classic noir tale um, of Detective Giddis trying to figure out what the hell has happened to Mr. Mulray and also falling in love with Mr. Mulray's wife. Um, which movie did you like better, Wolf? Uh, I definitely thought, I, like, this is a tough question for me. Like, two great films. No, uh, I liked Chinatown <laughs> a heck of a lot better. Chinatown, I'll admit, like I gave it five stars. Like that was the easiest. That was one of the easier five stars I've ever given to a movie. But probably the first like twenty minutes are like a little slow, and I felt like I was like forgetting things here and there. And I was like, wait, wait, wait what's going on? And then I realized that like, okay, like I'm not missing. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Sorry about that. I'm having connection difficulties here. I can hear you much better now. Right. We'll, um, just, we'll just power through. Basically, I just talked about why, like, like I don't, I don't really say a whole lot. Just basically, Chinatown's like a, it's one of the best scripts ever, and there's like a reason that the movie's so good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Chinatown is like probably one of my favorite movies ever. It's certainly one of my favorites. So um, you, this is like a pretty easy comparison for me to go with Chinatown over Nell here, which I wasn't a big fan of Nell. So uh, that made it even easier. But yeah, like Chinatown is just super well directed, super well acted. Um, there's really like a, the, the whole like mystery of it going, even though it's slow, I think upon rewatching the movie, you continue to pick stuff up and then you realize like different things that are happening. It like, it doesn't, it becomes less hard to follow as you, as you watch along. I just think like the chemistry between the two leads of, of Dunaway and Nicholson is really great. Um, as, as compared to Nell, which, um, you know, I think, I think Joe, I think all three of the leads are really trying. I just don't think like the material that they're working with is great. Like, it definitely is a thing of just like Chinatown, like you said, has one of the best regarded scripts ever. And then like Nell, it's like a thing of, of like, it feels very generic. Uh, and 
and the actors are trying to like work with it, but it it's still just going on that sort of like generic ride. Yeah. Sit here and compare the movies because that's like Nell could have been a TV movie for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of felt like that in a lot of ways. So I, I think, I think we really missed an opportunity here for Chinatown to be a movie club. <laughs> but <laughs> Like, there's so much to dive into about that movie that I don't think we're going to get to today because this is more about, like, Foster and Dunaway. But, like, Jack Nicholson's so good in Chinatown. Like, he like he just kind of puts the movie on his back. He's in every scene. And, like, he's just, like, the perfect person to be with in that movie. Yeah, like, I, it is weird to me, and I, we'll talk about it a little bit later, that Faye Dunaway got like a lead actress nomination for this because like you are with Jack Nicholson in literally every scene of this movie of, of Chinatown. And like, he is, the movie doesn't work without him. I think Dunaway is great, but the movie like does not work without Jack Nicholson. I think Chinatown is aged better as a film. Um, I town that age is kind of weird when when Jack Nicholson's like slapping Faye Dunaway a lot. Um, but other than that, like Chinatown, I think that could have been made in 2020, and I wouldn't um, have been yeah the like the, too surprised. Some of the actions in Chinatown have not age great like like you said like slapping Faye Dunaway is definitely not a good thing uh I think though that it is helped a little bit by the fact that it's like a period piece like it takes place in 1937 that was like a little bit more accepted at that time I'm not saying that's right but it is a little more like uh period accurate and then uh obviously like Roman Polanski's reputation has not aged the movie very well but I think it's still well, really well done. And yeah, I think all those things are not necessarily great to have in the movie, but um, I don't know. This, the, like, the competence of the way it's made, I feel like ends up outweighing that. And you just like really fall in love with Chinatown. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, I only had like one thing that I nitpicked for Chinatown. Like, I, I really have no issues with <laughs> with how that movie's aged outside of one scene. Nell, on the other hand, there's like, I think the things that don't age well about Nell, like I, like thinking about it, things that like are kind of cringy on the screen. I was like, ah, I'm like ah, okay, well, just whatever. It's Nell. Yeah, there's a Anything. some of the methodology they take in Nell is. Um really like weird too like they get way too close to the their their like subject that they're studying and then okay so 
I guess here I'll, I'll I'll pull out this nitpick now too. Why are two like medical doctors examining this woman if they're trying to figure out her language? Shouldn't they get a linguist? Shouldn't that be the first person they call? Why is it like small town doctor Liam Neeson who's like uh, who, who's like just treating normal patients and then the scientist who's for some reason getting completely overruled by, by Liam Neeson. Uh, like, why are these two in charge of it? I, I didn't understand some things. Well, I kind of took it as, hey, it's a small town and, you know, Liam Neeson's going to do it all. But then I thought Natasha Richardson was more of like a psychologist and that, like, maybe she had some sort of ability to, like, understand trauma. I thought that was kind of what they were going for. Um, I don't know. That that guy, though, the guy who was, like, Natasha Richardson. Yeah, he's, boss, like, I was just like, I uh, the, he's, like, <laughs> really, such really a jackass in the movie, which is is kind of sad that they do that because I feel like he sort of has a valid point. Like, Nell probably, like, needs to be acclimated with the world in some sense but like he's just such an asshole that <laughs> his character just seems silly yeah he he like approached it in a way that was like i was like with Liam Neeson. i was like yeah like just like let her live her life dude and then the guy was just like it's no, like she, she doesn't need to be institutionalized but like, she definitely oh, needs to like understand what the outside man, world is you know <laughs> as as like we're probably in between here, but everybody's just screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you? Uh, would you ever? Okay, so I know the answer is you would rewatch Chinatown. I too would rewatch Chinatown. I would. I would love to rewatch it and try to like catch everything before like it all comes together. It comes together so perfectly. I'd love to be able to be like, oh, there's that, and there's that. Uh, Nell, on the other hand, um, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to keep Nell, it quick on this one. I, mean, I, I would not be watching it, no. but like, I definitely didn't <laughs> like it. It, uh, no, it's, it's like kind of fast who, uh, unintentionally who, who funny. I could see film. maybe somebody putting it on in that sort of way. But, uh, as far as like, just like sitting down and being like, yeah, tonight's Nell night. I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen for me anytime soon. Where for some reason the doctors aren't talking at Great all. It's the drama it's now. the the clients uh, or it's for some reason the doctors are talking and not the lawyers. <laughs> that threw me off too. It's fine. That was bad. That was really bad. That was a. Like it wasn't a very good movie, but there was definitely like a point near the end where yeah. I was like, "Like really? I that's the like thing this. that resolves and everything." Then the was that happened, and I was like, "No, <laughs> I didn't like this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, do you want to start with Jodie Foster and and talk about? Yeah, that's cool with me. That works for I, me. I could dive in. I could dive in with Jodie if you want to do Faye. All right. Let's do it. So Jodie Foster is, I think she's a really interesting actress in the way that like, I feel like she hasn't totally sold out and has just started making movies for money. 
because she's not really proven it to anybody at this point because she has two Oscars, <laughs> but it's also like she hasn't won an Oscar in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, so she started her career really hot and she got those two Oscars for The Accused and then Silence yeah. of the Lambs where she's so freaking good. That's such a good movie. Uh, so like my favorite performances of hers actually come from the only movies of hers I've seen besides now. Uh, I have Panic seen Room, Taxi, Driver. Taxi Driver. Uh, I've seen all three. Those I've seen all three. It's been a, a while since I've seen Panic Room. But I do like her in all these. Obviously, like Taxi Driver, that's a pretty iconic role. And so Silence of the Lambs. But I also like even, you know, I even like the older, like a Jodie Foster, sort of like mom Jodie Foster as well. Um, yeah, she's just a really good actress. I think what you say about her not selling out mm-hmm. is, is mostly true. Like, she seems like she just does what she wants to do, including like directing and producing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But like, I I like that a lot about her because yeah. even yeah. if even if it's like a swing and a miss, you know, like there was conviction on her part about wanting to do it. Yeah, um, I think. Like, she hasn't necessarily, like, when I say sold out, like, she's made bad movies, but it's more the fact that, like, I can't, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of, yeah, like, I don't, a uh, single major franchise that Jodie Foster. I'm looking at her IMDb. Which isn't a bad thing to do that stuff, but, like, I just, like, can't, which I think it's cool that she kind of has, like, like, Panic Room, I think, is a really cool Jodie Foster where, like, she plays like this. Super mm-hmm. determined mom who wants to protect Kristen Stewart at all costs, which like uh, maybe she should have just let her not protect her. But uh, and I think Jodie Foster always lends like a certain amount of like, like I think just because I, I I've never seen the accused, but I know from Silence of the Lambs, just like someone you trust to get mm-hmm. like to get it done and figure it out, and that always seems to be like what she brings to her yeah. roles that I've seen. Besides Nell, Nell was. Nell's so different than than what I know her for, and I think that's uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, this was certainly a lot like different than I was used to seeing her in. Jodie Foster, but I I I just wish it would have been in a better better movie, you know. But yeah, I I do I do like that even though she does like big yeah, big budget things I from agree. time to time, it's not like you're like we haven't seen like that announcement yet where it's like Jodie Foster is the next villain and you know, Iron Man five or something, you know, <laughs> I sure she would be good, but like, you know, that's, I think that's sort of what though. we're talking about. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, okay. She's probably going to be great. But like, that seems like such an easy choice. Um, so in this movie now, she plays like this woman who was like feral in the woods and she was raised in the woods by like her mom who like became a hermit and raised these two twin girls you find out uh and jody was one of the twin girls and she has like a very like broken understanding of the english language and basically liam neeson and tasha richardson find her and try to like figure her out i mean that's it's about it for her basically i think her performance is weird and I think it's okay to be weird because like her whole like her whole shtick is like someone who like doesn't who's never like seen like a car or a camera 
or like not anything besides like these woods and like the water <laughs> around her and she doesn't even know english she just knows some english and it was just like and i think like i bought it like i definitely looked at her as like i definitely looked at jodie foster doing this and i was like i buy it like this doesn't feel forced like i totally like believe that this is this character and this is her story and i think this was like a good job on that end it was a very physical performance where like she had to like she moved a lot. Like, she was all over the place all the time. She was throwing stuff. She was yelling. And, uh, you know, all in all, I think... Yeah, I, mean, I, I would agree with that. We'll get like, to, but all in all, the, I think she did the best Like you said, the performance given. is very weird and, like, ethereal, which I found to be, like, sort of cringeworthy and uncomfortable. But I don't necessarily think that's all her fault. Like, she's really trying. And I think I would dock her for more points for, like, being that being uncomfortable... But then I, I sort of in retrospect was thinking like what other actor or what other actress do I think like could have pulled this off in a way that wasn't cringeworthy? I, I, I can't even come up with a name. So, you know, I think she did her best and uh, I think she did a good, good enough job. And, uh, you know, like she's getting like all these lines where I would have a really hard time not like laughing and like cracking up as I'm reading them, you know? So like, I think there's the added difficulty on that part too. It really threw me off yeah. the, the two that they, so like one thing that is once again, not really her fault, but they like, uh, there's like a lot of nudity with her in this movie and they, they walk a very fine line of like sexualizing Nell that I just didn't really need to be there at all. I think they try not to, but there's like, there's a lot of nudity for them trying not to do that. And uh, like that made me uncomfortable, even more uncomfortable with the performance at times too. Like when she's like swims up and like gawks at Liam Neeson's penis and then like swims up and hugs his naked body. I'm like, ah, I know that they're not supposed to be sexually attracted to each other. This is a weird scene. This does not feel right. I almost wish they had either like not sexualized her in any way or they just like, you know, went all in like one way or the other, because the way that they kind of towed the line in the middle was just kind of like, I'm kind of sitting there like, what are we doing? Like, what is this? Like, why? Like, are we are we doing it or are we not doing it? And then they like didn't really do it, but even still, I was like, this just yeah. feels like they wanted to do it, but then like yeah. kind of felt if bad this about is the it, Brian De Palma totally version of this movie, and it was just like, like Liam Neeson is, is is watching now because he's like he's like turned on by her. God. <laughs> right, right. I uh, so. My positives of her for like from her was I think I think they did like I think Jody did a good job of making Nell seem very sympathetic. Like I always felt bad for her and like while parts of it were like definitely unintentionally funny for the most part, I was like, Oh my god, like this is a crazy upbringing and like she's like yeah. kind of like she's like surprisingly well adjusted, which that's probably on the script more than anything. Uh it was like believable, like like I like I mentioned earlier. And I think, uh, I think, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but like, 
I feel like Jody kind of did like what she had to do to become like a big deal by doing stuff like the accused. Well, actually she really worked hard to get into the accused. I learned, but I, I should watch the movie before I learn any more trivia about it. And uh silence of the lamps, I think is a very much like it got her on the, like it really got her as like, Whoa, I'm a superstar now. And then now this Nell performance is like very much one for her to be like, yeah, do my own it does thing, like my feel own good to sit and there and what be like, her own curl Oh, curl. She clearly, like, uh, like you see her name pop up as producer, and you sort of have, like, this thing of going, like, oh, this is clearly a thing where she, like, read the script, and she liked it, and she wanted to do this role, and that's why she's in this movie, as opposed to being, like, oh, this is a good opportunity, or oh, I can do this, or oh, I can do that, you know? It was more like her just being, like, I'm interested in this, which I, I have serious questions about later on, mm-hmm. but it, that is at least, like, nice to see. And she's really committed to the role, too. Like, she's really trying. She's, like, even though I didn't like, like this movie, like, she is doing the best that she possibly can in this role. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you mentioned something, like, just now about how, like, she, like, uh, produced it. And, like, it was, like, a role for her. Like, she had to win, like, two Oscars before she was able to do, like, this movie for herself. Nowadays, you see, like, Elle Fanning, who's, like, 22, has, like, zero accolades, who's already, like, producing herself in uh, all the bright places because it's a role she wanted to play. It's, it, it's yeah. kind of cool yeah. to see, like... I mean, and there's probably a little you know, bit of, like, Hollywood really happened, sexism that's tied yeah, in with that, cool. too. Like, you know, Jordan Peele and, and John Krasinski are auteurs now, which... uh you know, like, Definitely. I'm happy that they are. I'm happy that they get to direct their own stuff. But, like, the fact that somebody like Jodie Foster, who's in freaking Silence of the Lambs, which won the big five, like, and, like, it, she has to, like, keep constantly waiting to, like, make the stuff that she wants, that's a little bit frustrating. So it is good to see that she eventually got to be involved in the making of the films. Yeah, yeah. I I will say too. I think she's way better than Liam Neeson to, and Natasha Richardson in a movie. <laughs> Liam Neeson is like, I honestly thought he was his character from Taken for a little bit there. Like when he's like yeah. rushing her out of the, he's like, get out of the way, get away from her, and shit like that. I was, I was like, oh, bad look for Liam. Yeah. Liam was really bad. Like I, like I'm, I'm willing to give Jody the benefit of the doubt on the script, but like, yeah, he, given, like a little I feel bit like he had to have checked there, out at some point like or dull. something. But <laughs> like a certain amount of the way through, he must have just started planning his wedding with <laughs> Natasha Richardson instead of actually, uh, instead of actually focusing on the script. <laughs> They both just like bowed out, which is like fine. I, I mean, I didn't really buy their love story. It was just kind of, it was very forced. It was like, let's just shove these two together. And I, that's the thing yeah. I've, I've, I've heard. I, I, yeah. Real I, I didn't see that twist coming. <laughs> and then she like, there's the random scene where Natasha Richardson goes for like a swim and then like comes out and she's in like a wet t shirt and like panties. And I'm like, oh no. They're not. They're not. No.
I just like I I couldn't believe it. I, I fucking couldn't believe it. Oh, you want to hear my my negatives for this this pr project this this love letter from Jody Foster? Okay, so my negatives for the movie um, was I just felt like the character for Nell was really hackneyed and dumb. Uh, like I, I, um, I, I just like you see you see where it's going the whole time, and then uh, you just hope that it's not going there, and then it does, and you're like, oh god, please no, and it just keeps going and going, and it, they're trying to do that thing of like. Nell doesn't know what's going on around her, but she's just making everybody else so such better people by being her. It's like, oh, great, thanks, guys. And then um, I, I, I've heard, uh, I've heard, that, I didn't hear. I saw people on Letterbox like specifically say that it was quote maudlin but grounded. I'm like, but what does that even mean? Like this just feels just maudlin to me. I, I, I think she's just really going over the top. And it's like a really sentimental movie performance. And like for people to be like, ah, she keeps it pretty grounded. I'm like, how, how I don't understand. Like she's doing her best. I could tell she's really trying, but like, this is like completely over the top. Um, and then I, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad, like pinning the bad plot 
and some some of like the predictable things on uh, on Jody, but 